0: Guys, you're tuned into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. We have a special guest coming on tonight, and I know you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned and remember Dope Girls Do Pray. All right, guys, you're tuned back into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H., and tonight we're going to have our guest on speaker for Testimony Tuesdays, um, Evangelist Nicole. The enemy is a liar. Um, we declare and decree that this video shall go forth on tonight. In the name um, and of healing Jesus. and deliverance is going to take place on tonight. So we plead it. We claim it. We declare and decree it in Jesus' name. In Jesus All right, name. Evangelist. So just go right back on ahead and finish with your testimony. Amen. Well, hello, everybody, and
1: thank you for tuning in. My name is Evangelist Nicole Collins. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California, and I've relocated to Ohio. And to share uh, intimately and transparently about my testimony tonight, um, God delivered me from a 20-year lifestyle of homosexuality. And as a little girl, uh, from the age of five to seven, I was a victim of sexual abuse. And uh, my stepbrother was uh, having intercourse with me. Most people say molested, but he was actually having intercourse with me as a teenager uh, when I was five years old. And uh, my mother, she had got saved at apostolic church. And now she had got baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I kept begging to be baptized. And so my mom kept thinking, maybe I was just um, not knowing what I was asking or too young to be baptized. But finally, when she gave me her consent, um, the sexual abuse stopped. And so at a very young age, I always felt like God had made a special covenant and uh, protection a shield and, and being my buckler, uh, because I would never was sexually abused after that particular incident of being baptized in Jesus name. So, um, oh. a year later at nine years old, I got filled with the Holy ghost. And so, I was like a radical little church kid. Like I would try to convert the Jehovah's Witnesses at the bus stop. (laughs) (laughs) I I had a little friend named Candace. I'd be laying hands on her. And (laughs) and I come home telling my mom, I laid hands on my friend today, mom. And uh, I just really was like one of those really um, radical, thriving on fire little kids. And I was very prophetic and the things that I would say, uh, My mom didn't really understand that there was a a mantle on my life. And so, Around the age of uh, maybe nine or ten, uh, my first lady she had took me under her tutelage and she adopted me in a mentorship program. And so um, uh, we had like a cotillion ball, and she began to put me in charm school and things of that nature. And uh, she and I grew very close, and she was like a second mother to me. And uh, probably when I turned thirteen, I started traveling with her to like the conventions with the um, organization we were in, the PAW, and we would go and um, travel together. And people always thought that I was her daughter because I was with her so much. And so um, when I got in 10th grade, my um, sophomore year, I began to embrace the call of God on my life. And I knew that there was something uh, different about me. I used to look up to a woman who was very uh, well-known at that time. Like before there was a Juanita Bynum, there was a Dr. Iona Lock, And so I used to really, um, study her sermons and be like, "Oh, you know, when most kids say they want to be an athlete or a policeman, I I wanted to be an evangelist. I wanted to be like her."
0: <laughs> and uh
1: <laughs> I would I would be a 13-year-old kid memorizing her sermons and wow. I was just really uh set on preaching the gospel. And so the enemy knew that, so he had to throw a wrench in the play. And yep. um I already had enrolled in uh, Bible college. My pastor, he sponsored me to go into an adult accredited Bible college in the 10th grade. And so I was preparing for ministry and was really uh, excited about, you know, graduating and just going into ministry. And so Mm -hmm. my senior year, um, what we in the urban church, we call it a church hurt, which is an offense that takes place within the confines of a ministry. Um, The reason it's so devastating, because you consider church to be a safe haven. Uh, mm-hmm. A safe place. Uh, right. You're not expecting to be wounded in the house of God. You're looking to come there and be healed from your yeah. wounds, but not actually yeah. literally be wounded in God's house. And so um, I went through something really uh, devastating and, and traumatic that I talk about more in detail in my book. But um, it caused me to fall from grace. It was a stumbling block, it was a play of the adversary. And, you know, being 16, 17 years old, Uh, My walk with God was it wasn't solidified to the point where I felt like, oh, I'm going to stand my ground. I don't care what happened. I'm not letting the devil run me out of this church. Instead, I bolted the doors. Mm -hmm. And so when I left, um, I was suffering from rejection. I got onto a party line. They used to have a, a chat line that you can push like six or seven to go forward and backward into these little rooms and chat with people. And I met a, a slick talking young man. And I was already a licensed, uh, licensed driver at 16. So now I'm 17 years old, uh, just graduated. And um, he talked me into coming over to meet him for a blind date. And mm-hmm. so when I went over there, um, there, was, there was a person that was sitting on the couch. And I thought when I walked in, I said, oh, he's really handsome. But when the when the person turned at an angle, I saw breasts. And so now wow. I'm like, I swallowed a canary. I'm thinking, oh, I'm like, that's right. a woman. I'm thinking, that's a woman. Oh, my. So I'm thinking, I didn't know if this was like some kind of catfishing or mm-hmm. some kind of prank. So I'm kind of a little nervous now. And then the gentleman, he comes waltzing out from the back. Um, I should have known something was off because his nickname was Slowpoke. So he comes... <laughs> <laughs> he he comes he comes tipping out slow as a turtle um he had he had two rolls of teeth i don't know what Jesus. was going on with his <laughs> with his dental work but he had two rolls of teeth uh he had these long dirty creepy nails i mean just look like wow. the train wreck and so i'm like the plot thickens it gets worse so i'm mm-hmm. thinking oh lord so um I kind of made up a really quick excuse that I had to get my mom back her car or something. But, um, in the interim of all that, the young lady, um, who they call, uh, in the urban community, they call it a stud. Um, the scientific mm-hmm. term is considered transgender when you have the ability to pass for the opposite sex. Like I right. had to really look hard. It wasn't like she had big, huge giant, gina- uh, gigantic breasts. It was like, um, at an angle I was able to see them cause I guess she was binding them down. Mm-hmm. So from my front view, I, I couldn't see that she had breasts. But from, a you know, a side view, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Something's going on here. And so yeah. um, she really looked like a dude, though. She had hair growing down her face. <laughs> and um, I'm thinking that's the blind date. And I was ready to I was ready for the jump off. But wow, I was like, oh, man, this is crazy. So um, basically the enemy used her to um, invite me to a lesbian club. Now, from what I can remember, because this was 20 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I don't recall her right away saying it was a lesbian club. Uh, okay. she said that it was celebrities at this club. She asked me, had I ever been to a nightclub? Of course not. I'm a naive church kid. I'm mm-hmm. born and raised in church. I had a, a 3.8 GPA, um, always kept good grades. Wasn't a fast kind of young lady, um, mm-hmm. wasn't a problem child or anything of that nature. Just, just a dork basically. And so, um, when she started mentioning the club and she's saying celebrities, you know, right. you're a teenager, you're thinking, well, yeah, I would love to go and be in the, you know, in the, in the atmosphere of celebrities. So mm-hmm. she's telling me, you know, this person's there and that person's there. And I'm like, wow. She's like, uh, you got a, you got an ID. I didn't know nothing about fake ID and all that. And I'm thinking, right. like, no, I got a driver's license. She's like, don't worry <laughs> about it. Don't worry about it. I know the promoter. And so, um, you know, the enemy, he always has a, he has a strategic plan and he desires to sift us as wheat. And yes, so when does. she told me about this club, now from the, the day that I met this young lady, I left my house saying, bye, mom. And I put my backpack wow. on. I leave in her car like I was going to college. And I went and started hanging out on a daily basis with this young lady. Right. Wow. And so now um, there was this little cheap wine back then called Boone's Farm. And so mm-hmm. now she started um, giving me a little boons farm and she put a little shot of a uh, gin in there or whatever. So now I'm experimenting with alcohol. And um, then I hit a little weed and I'm giggling and all this stuff. And so um, a little 11, 11, the whole lump. So as I started drinking alcohol and, and smoking a little weed all in a week's time, waiting on this club to roll around. Now when it's the, the grand finale of us getting ready to go to this club, now mm-hmm. I, I, I jump off the deep end and I go from the Boone's farm to uh, some old harsh alcohol called MD 2020. It was called Mad Dog. Wow. So mm-hmm. I drank a whole bottle of that. And before we could even leave, I'm throwing up.
0: That wow. should have been
1: a telltale sign that I should have been going home. But of yeah. course, the enemy's using this young lady and her other friends to tell me, oh, no, you're going to be all right. Uh, you just mm-hmm. had to get it out you know you just you just needed to get that out out your system get that off your stomach we are going to put you in the car we are going to roll the windows down just get a little fresh air so now mm-hmm. uh we're like 6 deep, uh smashing in a little neat Nita- a little uh what was it? a little Nissan Sentra like it was like a like a 19 this was like about uh 96ish so we we smashing in this little uh soapbox Nissan Sentra 6 deep. so we got wow. two in the front and four in the back. Now, I'm the Mm -hmm. fourth passenger laying across the lap of three other people just drunk.
0: (laughs) Oh, Lord.
1: (laughs) So so the windows are down. We ride in Hollywood. We get there. The line's wrapped around the corner. Um, these people, like they said, they knew the promoter. So we get to go uh, to the velvet rope and we go in VIP. And so I'm just really uh, allured and intrigued as a 17 year old that, wow, mm-hmm. you know, this girl, she got some pool. She knows the promoter. I don't need ID. We get right in through VIP. And then what do you know it? It's Lights, Camera, Action, Hollywood. I get wow. into this club. There's the strobe lights. Uh, there's a strip show going on. Um, right away as the, as the light is beaming onto VIP, I start recognizing all of these women, lesbian celebrities who unbeknownst to me until tonight that these are gay women. So I'm seeing rappers and actresses and I'm thinking, she's gay. Oh, all of them, like her too. You know, they, they booed up, they got their chicks with them and everything. And I'm just like, wow, like this is a whole new world. And so Mm -hmm. it allured me, you know, the lust Mm -hmm. of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. The devil has the same three tricks. He doesn't have anything new. And so because I was suffering from rejection, the homosexual LGBTQIA, they done added alphabets on as the seconds go by. Um, That whole community is camouflaged as acceptance. Mm -hmm. And so because I was rejected, and and homosexuality uh, is rooted in the spirit of rejection, then it drew me in. It drew me in right away, it just drew me in. And so now I'm feeling like, okay, maybe I belong with this crowd of people because they don't have a standard. They don't have uh, any kind of stipulations or criteria that you have to look this way, you gotta be this race, you gotta be this weight. It don't matter if you're fat, black, tall, Asian, thin, come on over here with us. It's a substitution for family. Mm -hmm. And so that spirit just sucked me in. I always am very transparent about my testimony, especially with millennials. I like to to make them aware that you have to be very careful what you try once because you might become addicted. Yeah. One introduction to a nightclub turned into graduating from experimenting with weed and alcohol to ecstasy pills uh, to doing lines of cocaine, um, dropping out of college. As a 3.8 GPA student, now I'm selling narcotics. I'm selling crystal meth, uh, mollies, uh, marijuana, cocaine, crack cocaine. I'd be downtown Los Angeles with the homeless people on Skid Row uh, spitting rocks out my mouth, selling rocks, crack cocaine. Wow. And even God's hand was on me to the point where people would walk up to me and say, I don't know what you're doing here, but you don't belong. Wow. And so literally. Jesus. Uh, probably about six months after being introduced to this whole community. Mm-hmm. I shaved off my hair. Now, all of this is my hair tonight. And it, it, it was um, maybe about this length in or maybe a little shorter uh, when I was 17 or 18. But I shaved it off bald and I wow. began to bind down my breasts with ace bandage. Um, I started wearing men's clothes and literally what took 20 minutes to get introduced to. Has taken me 20 years to escape. And so wow. while I was out there, you know, when you're a backslider, it's temporary insanity. And it seemed like I just got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in sin because the Bible talks about how the enemy desires to sift us as wheat. So here I am, a Holy Ghost filled church girl, mm-hmm. going to Bible college, preparing for ministry. Now, the enemy has changed my whole identity. I shave mm-hmm. off my hair. I started um, cross-dressing. Now I'm transgender. I'm I'm easily passing for a boy. I always was insecure about my body because I wasn't very physically developed in my in my youth years. And then mm-hmm. there was a there was a seed of, of masculinity that was lying dormant from playing women's basketball. And so that's a gateway sport in the homosexuality in in itself. And so because Mm -hmm. I grew up in church, I kind of combated it with, you know, I knew knew it was wrong biblically. So I really didn't get too inquisitive about it, but it was around me with the girls on the court and everything. And then the whole aggression of having to get a rebound and boxing out, it was nothing feminine about that. And it began to uh, create and develop a macho mindset all under the umbrella of competitiveness. So now mm-hmm. this seed that was lying dormant now began to manifest. And so as a result of that, now I'm I'm living with gender identity confusion. Um, the mm-hmm. enemy's just got a strong mind-binding spirit where I'm feeling like I'm comfortable living as a man when we know that God makes no mistakes. And yeah. the LGBT community, they want to um, be recognized as a legitimate minority for their deviant behavior. Mm. But it's a trick of the enemy because when you look down in your underwear, we can identify what we are. We Man. have the we have the brain and we have the heart still of our of our birth gender. And people are treating this spirit as if it's a birth defect, like you're born without a limb or something. Mm-hmm. And it's really the deception of the enemy that's that's pushing the um whole gender affirmation and the uh fluidity uh whole curriculum into the children in our schools because it's starting to brainwash them almost like a cult at at ages that they're too vulnerable uh to differentiate between natural and unnatural. Yeah. And so um I just give God the praise because after um you know living this lifestyle for 20 years, I don't know if you're able to see um
0: yeah, I can see any wow. pictures
1: from my book here. Wow, um, how I looked holding pistols and in the club, wow. and at, you know, different uh, gang bangers and all of that. But um, it really was crazy. And then through it all, my mom she showed love without compromise. I mean, she was a real trooper because yeah. she was an evangelist, and wow. she would minister to a lot of my friends. She Mm -hmm. would lay hands on them in our living room. I can't tell you how many homosexuals and transsexuals, the the men that live as women, how many of them she's laying out in the spirit. they be speaking in tongues. She's taking many of them to go be baptized in Jesus name. And and there's a there's a chapter in my book that I call mom's gay ministry because she literally was, as my book is titled, she literally stood behind enemy wow. lines with me she stood wow. behind enemy lines but she didn't compromise yeah. where I could bring my girlfriend to Thanksgiving dinner she wasn't mm-hmm. she wasn't that loving you know she right. was showing the love of God but she yeah. was standing firm on her face she was standing firm on the Bible that says don't be partaker with other men's sins
0: keep yourself and pure I, and can I stop you for one second because that is so important to that we, we had to remember that we had to show the love of Christ because sometimes people try to um, put sin in, in categories like, you know, or spirits in categories like this one is that one and that one and that one. And people forget to show the love of Christ regardless, because I always say, you know, a person conditions today may not be their condition tomorrow. And so that's why you still have to show the love of Christ to people because you never know. It could be that one person, you know, that show, you know, this type of love that could bring somebody to Christ because the whole, you know, circle around all of that, and it's not just with homosexuality, um, it's with a lot of things. It's the spirit of bondage as well, you know, that goes around that engulfs all of that because even when I practice Islam, when you said it took you 20 minutes and it took you 20 years to get out, it was the same thing for me. I was stuck inside of a religion um, for 13 years. And I felt, I felt bound. It mm. was the bondage. I felt bound and it was, it was the spirit around it. And if you know anything like how you just said, when you find the spirit of homosexuality and this is Deliverance 101, um, you always find the spirit of abandonment or rejection. This is how people go, you know, to these types of, whether it's religion, societies, Um, Anything to be a part of people that suffer from identity issues, they get sucked into that because of the spirit of abandonment or rejection. So usually when people suffer with because perversion is the root, you know, and homosexuality comes under the umbrella of perversion, you'll always find. And this is why when people are doing it, and I'm not here to teach anything. When people are, you know, in deliverance ministry, when you're calling out things, you got to make sure you call out everything. Because when you call out perversion, you got to call out, you know, abandonment and rejection, too, because you'll always find it there. You, when you have the spirit of perversion, which, you yes. know, homosexuality comes under. And so even when I practiced Islam, you know, it was it was a bondage. And I went into Islam, too, from, you know, abandonment and rejection because my mother died, mm. you know, when I was seven months. My God. I didn't meet my father until Sorry I was 16. That. You know, it's OK. And I didn't meet my father until I was 16. So my grandma raised us. I grew up in a church just like you. You know, we went to church Sunday through Monday, literally. I mean, you know how I'm trying to say today. Yeah. We, we was in church. That's yes. all we did was church, 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 church. And even I, I got to be transparent. You know, I was molested, you know, from somebody from my church when I was like eight years old. I've never really told them, my parents. My grandma don't even know about this. She knows about it now. But I was molested at eight years old from a girl that went to my church. And that spirit, it tried to attach itself onto me but I'm going to tell you the one thing I know that it was God's hand that was covering me because I never acted on it.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Now the,
0: the thoughts, you know, might've came or try to creep in, but because I knew, because, you know, we were like in a, it was like, I said, it was church, 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 church. And that was just the test that the Lord didn't have for me because everybody has their own test. And yes. I believe the Lord is not going to give you something to talk about that you haven't experienced. And so literally, even with, um, that situation because i knew that it was wrong you know i never acted on it but was the thought there yes because the spirit was there and so i carried this spirit but i didn't know because i grew up as a baptist and baptist doesn't really teach and i'm not against any baptist but that's not something that was taught not in my church i'm gonna just say that because everybody church is different but not in my church and so literally i carried this spirit around and i remember um I was on gospel choir. I went to the Philadelphia high school for the creative and performing arts in Philadelphia. And we had a gospel choir. And I remember it was just literally one day at the school and we were in rehearsal. And so we just broke out into like this big prayer. I never hmm. forget it. My friend, Danielle Rodwell, she was in charge of um, the gospel choir and she was like, Oh my God, she was just one of these people, you know, that just was, I'm not going to say religious, but she had a relationship with the Lord. You know, at a young age, and so literally, when we went into this prayer, the Holy Ghost came. This was the first time in my childhood, like life, that I ever felt the presence of the Lord. At like sixteen, I probably was sixteen, and the the, the Holy Ghost came and permeated the whole room, and it purged us, and I got wow. delivered from that spirit that day because Hallelujah. I wanted to be, yeah, because I wanted to be, because the and I didn't wanna, Yeah, the and I didn't want to carry the yokes of bondage. Yeah. And I didn't want to carry that, you know, anymore. And so ever since that day, you know, it was gone, you know. And so at the end of the day, um, when I was saying, you know, when me entering into Islam, you know, abandonment and rejection was still there now. OK, because that spirit wasn't there anymore. Abandonment and rejection was still there. So it caused me to go into this religion, you know, because like you said, it's, you don't have to be look a certain way. You don't have to be this. It's like a family because that's how Islam comes across. You know, we're family. We love everybody. You know, X, Y, Z into the fourth of it. You know and Then you're getting you get in there and then it's like you're stuck when you're saying Islam. Is that Muslim? Right. Oh, the religion. Okay. OK. Yeah. And so um, and that's the story for another day. You know, the, 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 the witchcraft that's behind all of that, Amen. you know, and, and but it's a, it, a lot of it that we go through with even just those societies and whatever it is that is bondage, even with some churches is a bondage that's surrounded And people find themselves stuck. Yeah, They find themselves stuck. So I didn't mean to cut you off, but I felt the need to, to, to say that part. So you could, continue Amen. This. Beautiful. Amen. Because you
1: know, uh, there's even liberation in you sharing something that you said you never told anybody. So yeah. God had a set time for you to release yeah. that because we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so God had a set time for you to release that for such a time as this. And so uh, just to piggyback on something that you said about showing the love of Christ, um, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for showing love, but I also believe that Jude says some, you got to win by compassion and others. You got to win by fear. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, because the homosexual agenda in the spirit is very bold. It's a very brazen spirit and some people need to know, Hey, God loves you because they're suffering. Like you said, from abandonment, they're suffering from rejection, low self-esteem. Um, a mm-hmm. huge percentage have been molested, you know, yeah. so uh, things like that have opened up the door and been the portal into that lifestyle. But some people are just so deceived because homosexuality is intertwined with deception as Romans yeah. one, uh, Romans one, 26 through 32 talks about, um, How God will give you over to a a depraved mind, a reprobated mind to do that, which is unseemly to do that, which Mm -hmm. is unnatural. And so one thing about it, I know we cannot categorize sins, but one sin such as homosexuality is called an abomination. You're not Mm -hmm. even called abominable as an adulterer when you break the marriage covenant. So it's so detestable to God because you cannot procreate. See, God gave mm-hmm. us a mandate back in Genesis 126 to be fruitful and to multiply. We're supposed to mm-hmm. replenish the earth. And so you can be stimulated with the same sex, but you can't procreate. And that's why right. it's so detestable unto the Lord. And the movement is so trending right now because Daniel chapter 11, verse 37 says that the Antichrist will not desire a woman. So when the Antichrist uh, takes on the form of a human body, it's going to be someone who is a homosexual. So that's why the platform and the stage is being set, because when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, he was over the music. So now the music people are selling their soul, you know, to get Mm -hmm. music uh, notoriety with the Illuminati and things of that nature. That's true. Now they're saying love who you love, be who you want to be. But being yourself will take you to hell. See, we got to crucify this flesh daily. You know, we're born in sin. We're shaping in iniquity. But the Bible says that's why we must be born again of Mm -hmm. the water and of the spirit. So once we repent, the Bible commissions us to be baptized, every one of us in the name of Jesus Christ. And God has promised to give us the gift of the Holy Ghost. We can't live holy without the Holy Ghost. That's, that's going right. to sanctify and purify. The Holy Ghost is a refiner's fire that's going to burn out the draws. It's going to deliver you from pornography, from masturbation, uh, from strongholds of abandonment or rejection, all of mm-hmm. those wounds. It's going to go in like a spiritual surgery and take the scalpel and, and and go into the deep, intricate parts of our emotions. And so for me, I'm not really uh dead set on targeting the. LGBT community per se. Um, God's just giving me a mandate as a woman of God to cry loud or spare not and just uh tell people that there's a false substitution for salvation that started with the campus crusade and Billy Graham and them doing the sinner's prayer. The apostles mm-hmm. didn't do that. The apostles took Acts 238, they turned the world upside down. They were not Trinitarians, they were forbidden to speak the name of Jesus. They were put in prison and told, don't speak in that name. So there's power in the name, there's no other name yeah. under heaven given among men whereby we can be saved so as a result of the coronavirus and all of that 72 souls have received the holy ghost right hallelujah. over the phone
0: hallelujah they've
1: been speaking in tongues on the phone in 10 different countries and 12 Amen. have been homosexuals and so wow. god he he's concerned he's concerned about uh every kindred tongue and nation right. And so for anybody who's watching and they may say, you know, this is a powerful testimony. But what brought her out? Well, here you see I'm being attacked by a dude with a hammer. Wow. Um, Okay, there I am on the ground. That's me being assaulted. Um, I went and collected some money that somebody owed me for drugs and they set me up and attacked me with a hammer. Clobbered me on top of my head, beat me in the middle of the street, videotaped it, put it on Facebook. That was my breaking point. I tell people God literally knocked some sense into me. Now, here you wow. can see me the next day crying out. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me. There's no there's no scratches on my face. My lips aren't swollen. Wow. My eyes aren't black. Jesus. And there I am with that plaid shirt thrown over the pew. The fire of God was on me so heavy as I was speaking in tongues. Jesus. I had to come out of that men's shirt and throw it over the pew right there with the Woo! Bible. Jesus.
0: My I, God.
1: Yeah, kandoromoshia. Hallelujah. God is a mighty deliverer. And I begin to go through deliverance because deliverance, it's a process. And that's what people don't understand. And that's what the church of God must be able to um, recognize. When you have people come in from this community and want to be liberated from this lifestyle, you can't expect them to get delivered overnight. Yeah, You can't expect a woman who's been dressing as a man to go and put a dress on for Easter Sunday next week. deliverance is a process and deliverance only comes to the desperate and healing to the humble it's like peeling the layers off of an onion there's so much that has caused people to go into that lifestyle then there's so much that they encountered while being in it because romans 126 through 32 talks about your lifestyle becomes full of every type of wickedness sin greed uh backbiting Hatred, murder, disobedient to parents, you invent new ways of sinning. So now you've taken on all these spirits. You've taken on mm. all these spirits. And that's why you do have to be careful what you try once, because you might yeah. become addicted. Because I didn't think that one invitation to a nightclub, seeing yeah, all these people who were lesbians would lead to 20 years in bondage. Yeah. Living as a man, selling drugs, dropping out of college, um, affiliated with gangs. You know, going to do drive-bys and 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 trying to be cool, trying to go and do my first drive-by. God intervened and he blocked that. Thank Using you, my you. car, volunteering my car to go do a drive-by. Wow. We're on the east side in Los Angeles one night at like 2:30 in the morning with a double barrel 12-gauge shotgun across the back seat. I got somebody driving my car, not to mention my leg is broke. So we're in the back, wow. I'm in the back seat of my own car with a double barrel shotgun and five other people in a Toyota Corolla. And lo and behold, the police go past us the opposite direction. And normally in, in LA, they have what's called crash, crime crime resistance against street hooligans. Normally mm-hmm. they would do a U-turn and they would pull over five black people in, in the middle of the night like that. But that was God's grace that they kept going, but everybody wanted to be dropped off at that point. And so here mm-hmm. I am trying to fit in, go put work in for the hood, and I could be behind bars right now. That's why yeah. I'm so passionate about uh, trying to help other people get delivered, trying to reach lost souls, because I literally should have been dead. But I'm a walking testimony. You know, there's a prophet Amen. named Todd Hall. And he told me I never seen somebody who lived in hell for 20 years and escaped alive with the devil's secrets. Jesus. God literally allowed me to come from behind enemy lines. I kept praying. I kept fasting. I kept saying, Lord, Lord do not allow me to look like where I came from. So it Jesus. took me about seven months to come out of the men's clothes. Yeah. I didn't go jump in a dress just trying to prove to church people that I don't want to be a lesbian. God had to do an inner work before it exuded yeah. on the outward.
0: Yeah. Deliverance was a
1: process.
0: Sorry. And it's and it's so true because I'm going a, I'm to a make a connection with you. Even when I came from out of Islam in the be in the beginning I only came out of the covering. But I wasn't out of Islam. Like my mentally, you know, my heart wasn't out of Islam. But it was a tired part too, like how you just said, because I'm trying to tell you it's that spirit of bondage, even though you have those other spirits, but it's it's that spirit of bondage. And I became tired. And so it was it was months too. And and I was like, you know, trying to see what church was like again, even though I grew up in church, but my whole adult life you know, I'm practicing as a Muslim. So, you know, I really don't have no connection. You know, really, you would appreciate it, even though I knew a little bit as an adult, because in Islam, you still had to believe in the Bible. But, you know, we don't we don't call on well, we didn't call on Jesus. Well, they didn't. And so long story short, I remember, you know, once I came back to church and I had to accept Christ again. I remember when the Lord said, now it's time for you to get delivered from Islam. Mm. And I had to go through a deliverance process. Mm-hmm. Literally, I, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. And it was, it was the most, I would say craziest. Now I won't say crazy, but at that time it was the most craziest experience because the the process, it literally took hours hours it wasn't Mm -hmm. no you know how sometimes we see in church oh come out and that's it no right it took hours because it was a real she she really went back from my childhood up to the adulthood you know and even it was people that put um witchcraft for me from the religion I didn't know I went and I didn't know until you know we was praying and as we was praying the Lord was telling me because she said to me and God I thank you she wasn't just calling out stuff. She said, "We're going to pray and you tell me what you hear and see." Amen. And so literally, I was hearing names of people that I knew. You know, um I remember I was seeing the instances of even when it happened, you know, and so literally it was it was like such a process because I was brainwashed. Like even when going back to church and and stuff like that and going to Bible study the pastor at the time that I had because when I came back, the Lord even knew how to deal with me with coming back because I came back as a seven-day adventist because my mind couldn't fathom the way the church, you know, was, you know, in the name, but like at that time that wasn't gonna work for me because I was too black and white. And so coming back as a seven-day adventist, because they were like by the book and you know, just you know, black and white, my brain could function that. And because mm-hmm. the Lord knows us, he knows how to to handle us. And so that's how I came back in and my pastor. Uh, well, my old pastor, Pastor Palmer, um, literally, he spent alone Bible studies with me, him and his wife, and I was married at the time with um, my ex-husband. We would be in Bible study, and he would let me ask the questions that I wanted to ask. I didn't feel like, you know, I couldn't ask a wrong question because when your mind, when you, when you're in bondage. And you're coming out of bondage. And like you said, that deception, that spirit of deception is still there. Mm-hmm. So it's still trying to stay. It doesn't want to leave in totality, you know. And so at the end of the day, it was it was a process. So you, you're so right. Like, you know, you're not going to just, it's not going to be an overnight thing. Right. You know, it, it's a process. It's a process. But go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. Uh, but one, one thing about it, uh, the Bible says that, behold, I am the God of
1: all flesh. Is there anything too mm-hmm. hard for me? And when it comes to homosexuality, um, people coming out of lifestyles of of being a lesbian or homosexual or what have you, um, people feel like it's impossible for the attraction for the same sex to leave. And I come to bind the devil in every lie that would even try to make people think that because I don't desire a woman. But I have heard um, people on larger platforms than myself that have come out of the lifestyle and they promote that you will still struggle uh, with the same sex attraction, as long as you don't act on it. And um, I have a problem with that because God is a deliverer. He's not going to half yes, heal he a is. person. And when you're healed from a, from an infirmity, you don't have the symptoms. So mm-hmm. if God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, somebody's not getting to the finish line because it's a progressive work. It's 30, 60 and a hundred fold. Right. So somebody's getting stuck in the process and some things only come out through prayer and through fasting. Yeah. And so I had to go through extensive fasting um, probably about for 10 months, close to a year, three days a mm-hmm. week. I was laying on my face. I was speaking tongues probably like 45 minutes to an hour. Sometime I'd fall asleep Jesus. down on my face and I wake up like, what am I doing down here? You know, but I was hungry. I was desperate yeah. for that deliverance. God's not going to make us do anything. But he said this poor man, all right. The Lord heard him and delivered him from all of his troubles. So as I was going to the city of refuge before I moved out of California, uh, Bishop Noel Jones Church, I was at night service one night on a Sunday night, and I was in a section all by myself because uh, it wasn't a lot of people who would come back at the night service. And so I was mm-hmm. sitting in service. I was still dressed like a boy. And um, I was so sincere. It was like the the worship music every week. And I'm not saying that that there was no anointing on his life because he's a dynamic preacher, but it wasn't his preaching necessarily that was breaking up the follow ground. It was the worship music because of that hard exterior of me living as a man that worship music. It began to just break me down. It was like the 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 washing and the cleansing of my mind being renewed. And I would just cry and I would just speak in tongues. And then uh, the word was just the icing on the cake because he has such a restorative ministry. It was like mm-hmm. he was speaking to the little girl in me. He was he was sharing wow. things about his own childhood that he experienced and things like that in the Bible study and everything. So um, I thank God that as I was as I was really uh, hungry and thirsting after righteousness, God was co- continually filling my cup. I would I would I would fast. I would pray. And I was in church one night and I had my hands extended. I still look like a little boy and I was praising God and tears were streaming down my face. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, don't come back in my house in those clothes. Wow.
0: And I turned
1: around. I turned around. I thought I was tripping. I said, if somebody behind me came and maybe mocking me or something, I Jesus. turned around. The entire section was empty. I heard the same thing echo in my spirit again. Wow. One of the instructors who's um, a good friend of my mom, she, she happened to be um, one of the people that orchestrated the new members class. And Mm -hmm. she had given me a bag of women's clothes months prior. And I was having anxiety attacks. The devil was telling me I would look like a drag queen. So I went and slung the clothes on the couch two months prior to that. But when the Lord spoke to me and said, do not come back in my house in those clothes. When I got home that night, I mean, I was a nervous wreck driving home. I was just like, Lord, I mean, I've already got hit in the head with a hammer and suffered no injury. I don't need my car to veer off the road to obey you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me. So I'm driving home just jittery and nervous. As soon as I walked in the door, I I retrieved that bag of clothes and I just started stripping out of those men's clothes, trying on the ladies' clothes. And I was looking in the mirror and it looked like this woman had took me shopping and and, and the stuff had tags on it. Everything fit me precisely. And at that point, I was like, whatever it takes, it's not my will, but your will be done, oh Lord. It wasn't about my comfortability because I was used to living as a man for 20 years. I wore men's underwear. I didn't wear even women's undergarments. So for 20 years, I'm living as a transgender, I'm living as a dude, I'm wearing all this junk. And when the Lord said it was time to come out of it, I was just like, okay, Lord, here am I. Whatever Mm -hmm. you tell me to do, I'm willing. To do it because the bible says if we be willing and obedient we will eat the good of the land so i pushed a a, a a past my fears and my comfort zone and i just wanted to be obedient to the lord and so now now i'm battling with anxiety i i'm, I'm battling with the whole accusation of the enemy who's the accuser of the brethren now the devil's telling me i look like a drag queen Wow. I'm biologically a woman. So how am I looking like a drag queen? Right. Because I'm returning to the gender of being fearfully and wonderfully made uh, who God originated for me to be before the foundation of the world. So now yeah. I'm I'm struggling with that. And, and I look like a drag queen. Uh, my hair was, you know, still bald. I started uh, letting it grow out a little bit. Stop going to the barber, or what have you. I went and bought a wig. I get to the beauty supply. The Korean man, he's laughing at every wig I try on. Wow. So now I'm thinking, oh gosh, this is just a train wreck. So um I called my mom, she said, That's the devil, take some pictures. Yes, it is, and I'll I'll pick I'll pick a um I'll pick a style out for you. And so I did that, and it was Mother's Day, uh, 2015, was my first time uh, dressing as a woman, you know, in two decades. Mm-hmm. And so I just began to obey God despite my uncomfortability of, of feeling awkward. Yeah. Of the enemy telling me I look like a drag queen I just kept rebuking Satan I kept saying it doesn't matter because I know that God is pleased because I'm being yeah. obedient if he told me don't come back in those clothes because I tried bargaining with him because you know people say "Um, come as you are well that's not a yeah. scripture it's a great thing to make people feel welcome but right I couldn't stay as I was yeah After seven or eight months, the Lord was more than patient and he let me know. Now it's time to come out of those clothes because how can people give God the glory if I still look like what I claim that I'm not? You cannot uh, surround yourself around the same spirits you're trying to get delivered from.
0: Come on, say so. So
1: I had to change my phone number. I started uh, staying nights out at my uncle's house because I sold dope out of my apartment for 12 years. So now when I changed my number... The, the, the dope fiends, they still coming, they honking, they yelling, they throwing rocks at the window saying, Esco, you in there? That was my street name. You in there? You in there? <laughs> so now I'm thinking, man, I can't even get no rest for the weary. So now yeah. I got to go move out of my own apartment at the time temporarily and go stay at some safe family members house just to keep on my path of deliverance. And finally, yeah. one day I turned on TBN and Bishop T.D. Jakes was yelling, make haste. And and the hair on my arm stood up. I knew that the Lord was commissioning me to relocate and change my surroundings altogether and just get out of Los Angeles. So that's how I got to, you know, the small city here in Ohio. And I began to write five books. My, my mom, wow. she she told her side of the story called Devil Let My Baby Go.
0: Wow. Wow. Amen. She told her side,
1: um, wrote a prayer journal called Walk by Faith. Wow. Um. Now, one thing that's very prevalent in Los Angeles, and it's all across the board, because I see it as I travel. This down low mm-hmm. spirit is thriving from the pulpit to the prisons. Even in wow. L.A., I had friends who were in gangs with me, um, who would go to the gay club and pick up transsexuals and little boys. So I wrote a book called I See Through Muddy Water, Signs of Download Me.
0: Wow. Jesus.
1: And so I've just completed a comprehensive manual. That's walking people through deliverance who want to come out of the homosexual lifestyle where they'll be able to know step by step how do they come out of that lifestyle. And as I laid in bed one morning, the Lord gave me a vision and he showed me a hand clutching the rainbow. And I seen the words, take back the rainbow.
0: I wasn't trying to with the
1: rainbow. I wasn't messing with that rainbow because it had such a bad
0: representation. But wait, do you notice on uh, the, the flyer When I put the hashtag, take the rainbow back, we never talked about that. I never even saw it, but that's what I heard. Wow. And so that's my first
1: t-shirt that I came out with that says the rainbow belongs to God. Wow. And so the 700 Club, they interviewed me and my mother about my transformation. But then the Mm -hmm. news department contacted me about taking back the rainbow. So this has been airing on the news. And I actually... I actually began to design a shirt of what the lord literally showed me which was this one that says take back the rainbow wow and see there's a hand clutching the rainbow wow amen and so this is my clothing line that um i'm in full-time ministry and so basically my my online store and my books is my source of income along with you know traveling and, and evangelizing and things of that nature so uh, mm-hmm. I just counted a privilege and a, and a great opportunity, uh, woman of God, to come on and, and share uh, with your audience on today.
0: Amen. I, I really enjoyed um, your testimony wholeheartedly. I knew that there was something, you know, that was going to, to happen, transpire. We see the warfare we went through just again. We had to do two takes of this literally um, for this to happen. But to God be the glory. Yes. Um, hallelujah. I, 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 I definitely enjoyed it. And and I really honor the God and your mother as well, because, you know, the the bad part about it is we're living in a time where, you know, some people that suffer, you know, with the spirit that go and go through um, this this process because everybody has their own walk, you know, and that's what that's what I call it. I call it a walk. Um, yes. Because, and because you know, at the end of the day, like I, we all, we just said it. You know, the Lord's not going to give you something to talk about that you never experienced, and so everybody has their own walk. But the sad part about it is the the ones that the parents disowned them. Yeah. And so I honor the God and your mother. You know that she she stood by your side, and that's the thing. You know, we don't uh, tiptoe around the spirit. You know, we, but we love the person, but we hate the spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just the fact of the matter, you know, that she, she stayed by your side and, and prayed and, and different things of that nature that, that's all, that always helps. And that was grace too, within itself. Yes. You know, cause it could have been a situation where how some people end up, you know, they don't have anybody and mm-hmm. the parents kick them out and, you know, and they just kind of go deeper and deeper and the enemy just really take hold to the point. Now the spirit of assassin comes in and people are committing suicide. Right. You know, so I I just thank God. But it's because the the hand of the Lord is definitely on you. Just even with everything that you're doing, I didn't know everything that you were doing. The only thing that I really had seen was the thing of you helping the people get in the gift of tongues. And even that within itself is powerful. Some people might look at it as it being weird. Like, what is this? What is this? But that is something. This is why the enemy fought you so hard. This is why the enemy fought you so hard because of just that part you know, that the Lord had put on you for you to do, because that is something powerful, Thank you. powerful, Jesus. powerful, literally powerful. And there's so many people that they want certain things, but who's available to do it? Right. You get what That's I'm right. saying? Who's no, available absolutely. to do it? People because don't want do to work. <laughs> no, that either. And then sometimes people just don't want to be available, you know, like, and, and it's not to, to rant or anything, but I always say, you know, Jesus was reachable. So when yes. you got to go through 50 people to get to, you know, somebody that to me is crazy. That's not kingdom. You know, I understand protection and all that stuff like that. You got to be careful, you know, but it shouldn't have to take people to get through 50 people just to, to reach a person to me. That, that doesn't make sense. Right. But I mean, I whatever. What but I, I just I just think what you're doing is is so amazing. I know that God hand is, is on your life you know, and you are appointed and anointed to, to, to do exactly what it is that you're doing, you know, Thank and I pray Jesus. that the Lord put that on your scale of good deeds, because that within itself is just, it's just awesome, it really is, and that's what drew me to your page, because I wasn't like friends with you, with you, but I saw that, and I was just like, you know, that, that is just so amazing, but, and it's a new movement, it's a new sound, and to some people, like I said, it looks strange, you know, because something God does, it's going to be strange because it's yeah. not us doing it. It's him, you know, and yes. so and he knows how to get to his people. And we don't, you know, God is in control of everything. So at the right. end of the day, it's not strange to him, but it's strange to us. But it's but it's very, very powerful. And the enemy knew who you were before you knew who you were. And that's why he tried to stop you before you even got here. So to yes. God be the glory. I absolutely I thank you so much you know, for, for coming on. You know, I even thank your mother <laughs> for her resistance and thank just you, being Jesus. who she is and God. I don't even know her, but I, I thank just God, feel. I thank God you know? for her.
1: Um, She's the one who actually trained me. I, I didn't want to, um, you know, they used to call it tarrying. I didn't want to tarry yeah. with people to re- receive the Holy Ghost. I didn't have the patience for that. I would just mm-hmm. explain to them in the Bible uh, you know, where Jesus says that we have to be born of the water and of the Spirit and how we receive power after the Holy Ghost comes and The way they knew they had the power, because in Acts 2 and 4, they all spoke in tongues. And Acts 2, 17 says that God said in the last days, he's pouring his spirit out on all flesh. So sometimes people mistake the nine gifts of the spirit for the initial and filling of the Holy Ghost. And that's Mm -hmm. where I bring clarity to make people understand that the Holy Ghost is for everybody. He says it's a gift and it's a promise. And so that's the activator to operate in the nine gifts because the diverse kinds of tongues means that when you would receive the initial infilling of the Holy Ghost, then you will be able to speak in many different languages if you have that gift diverse kinds of tongues. Yeah. So people get that confused and think, well, everybody don't speak in tongues or, you know, but um, I, gave, I give God the praise because my mom, she was like, no, you're going to you're gonna wear me out, waking me up all times of night to pray with people <laughs> to get filled with the Holy Ghost and People would be in other countries, so um, you know we just giving God the praise for what He's doing. I'm just Amen. a conduit that's praying with people, and you know you're always yeah. going to get some some backlash. People thinking you yeah. teaching people to yeah. speak in tongues. I'm like, no, right? Does that um, <laughs> right? It says God gives the ability, so um, you know I'm just a humble servant that I feel like Amen. I can never replay God for what He's done. So I yeah. owe Him praise, and I and I owe yeah. Him my time. I'm, right. a, I'm a willing vessel that just wants to be able to help advance the kingdom and just do my part. And so yeah. um, that's just where I'm at. Just staying focused and, you know, not being distracted and, and pulled away right. and tossed to and fro by every window. Doctor, just trying to, um, you know, stick with the script. That's why the Bible was yeah. left for our example. And so mm-hmm. I just I just believe that if Jesus said we got to be born of water and spirit, we got to be doing more than a sinner's prayer. That's said, right. You know, that's he right. said he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And these signs will follow every believer. You will speak in new Mm -hmm. tongues. So, you know, to me, it's a no-brainer. But see, if the gospel be hid, it's hid to them who are lost. And God wishes that none perish. So I just try to fulfill my part of the Great Commission and let people know that they must be born again and to obey Mm -hmm. Acts 2.38 before it's too late.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're serious about it because you even asked me when I inboxed you about talking. You said, do you have the gift of tongues? And I'm laughing. I'm like, yes. But I said, she's serious. You know, anybody who, like, if you inbox me, I'm asking because that's that's just what I do. Yeah. And you don't want to risk that somebody doesn't, you know, I right. don't know Christ. You know, right. you don't know just because people, you know, might look the part or say that they are. the Right. Part. You know, some people are kind of shy to say, you know, that this because I'm gonna be honest. Um, I didn't always speak in tongues. I didn't always speak in tongues, and literally, I got the gift of tongues. Um, I think it was last year, like the end of last year, or probably the hallelujah part of this year, this year. But you know, it was it was a process because the Lord said to me. Because I used to wonder, like, you know, how come everybody around me is speaking in tongues and I can't speak in tongues? And the Lord said, because I didn't want you rehearsed. And so he took me through a process because when I really had accepted the call, you know, on my life and I started to walk in, because even though, you know, how people tell you, you know, this is who you are, this is what you're supposed to be doing. But you have to give God that second yes. Yes, And so when I decided and, you know, when I started cutting off those things and, you know, really like pressing in the presence of the Lord, it was like a step by step thing. And then the Lord, Mm -hmm. you know, it was one day literally. I'm in the house, I'm listening to music, like how you just said. And I was, and it wasn't music, I was listening to I was watching a sermon on YouTube, Apostle Jonathan Ferguson in Texas. Okay.
1: And I remember
0: the in- the instruments were playing, and a violin started to play. And I heard the, the music from the heavens and it just made mm. me break out in the tongue. Woo, literally. Oh and God. that was the that was the first time. That I had spoken in tongues, and then from there, Ooh, you know, um, it it just like it went off from there, My you know. God, and so glory to your name,
1: Jesus. The, but
0: the Lord said, you know, literally, I didn't want you rehearsed. This is why you didn't never shout in the beginning, and why you didn't speak in tongues, or why this and this and that. Because the Lord said I wanted to teach you. I didn't. I didn't want it to be inauthentic, because you know we're we're living in a time, and it's not to discredit anyone, but a lot of things are practiced. Sometimes mm-hmm. we go by what we see. Yeah, you know, instead of what we know. And right. even I could relate relate with you when you said you had to relocate. Um, and that is a part of deliverance because deliverance is not just a physical thing, but it's a mental thing too. Because if you stay in the same environment and I and I'm a firm believer, you can't stay in the same place that you got sick. And so even though it was mm-hmm. only a religion, people might say, Well, it was just a slam, why would you have to relocate? Because I was stuck in it for so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy, you know, and I practice Islam like a, a a true Muslim. It wasn't just, no, I just covered one day and I was like, you know, gave the salams and that's it. I lived in Egypt. I speak Arabic fluent. I memorized half of the Quran. You know, I was teaching thousands and thousands of women, literally, My God. Quran, Arabic, you know, whether it was at the masjid, whether it was at my house. My um, kid's dad, my ex-husband, he was a student of knowledge. He was high up, still is. You know, and so I was so deep. Like, that's how I can relate when you say like I was so deep. I never thought that I would even come back to Christianity. I used to speak against Christianity. My God. I, and I could tell you, I could debate with a Christian, literally with their Bible and tell them why it was wrong for what they believe and what they was believing and, and walk away and leave them looking stupid or looking lost or feeling confused about what they believe. Literally, that's how Mm -hmm. deep in bondage that I was in that religion. And anybody can attest that really know me, that really knows me, not the ones that just know me from social media, but people that really, really know me. I was deep, deep, Uh, deep inside of that religion. And so when I had-
1: Thank God for freedom. Yes,
0: Lord. And when I came out and I truly got delivered, I could not live in Philadelphia. I live, I'm originally from Philadelphia because every time that I was set foot on philadelphia ground i would feel that spirit of bondage pulling me i wanted to run to the masjid so i knew you know and i I never told a lot of people this but this is why i never moved back to philadelphia it wasn't anything personal but it was for my sake my sin you know my freedom Mm -hmm. you know because my thing is i didn't want to get stuck back into where i came from because bondage is comfortable Right. Now I want to start, you know, start going <laughs> deep and preaching. But bondage no, that's is comfortable. real. That's yes. the, that's the job of bondage. You yes. know, it makes us comfortable, even though we don't really. And I'll use the analogy and I talk about this in this prayer manual that the Lord just had me to write. Um, it's like I, I look at it as like a spider web. And you know how when you see a spider web, the spider web is so pretty, you're just looking at it, you amazed. Then the next thing you know, if you're like an insect or whatever, you're caught onto it. But the whole time, you never see the spider. Right. You never see the spider until the spider actually gets onto the web. Now, after you're stuck, though, because the spider don't come until you're stuck. And so that's how the enemy is. He doesn't yes. come until you're stuck. And, and that's what bondage does. And then we get so um, content with bondage. You know, oh, because that's what we're used to. You know, it's comfortable. Change is uncomfortable. Like, you even talked about it, even when you had to start with the dressing thing. You -hmm. know, when it felt awkward. I was the same way when I came out of Islam. I was afraid for people to see me uncovered. I was, it was so awkward. Like, you would think like, well, it's just taking your clothes off. No, because when you're in bondage and when you really stuck, at the time I didn't look at it as bondage. I just thought like, oh my gosh, I just felt shame. It was like shame. You know, but it was really bondage. It was really the enemy trying to call me to come back to, you know, what I was free from. And and it was it was a process. It was a process. So even my advice, you know, for for people, because like we said, bondage, even though this is just your testimony, but bondage itself is it's a monster. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. And so if you do get delivered and set free from something, you know, you have to make that decision. You know, at the same time, okay, I have to change some things. You know, even if it's uncomfortable, and like mm-hmm. you said, that praying and fasting—it was a a big part. Because some people just think, okay, I'm gonna just be free and that's it. Mm-mm. You know, you have to work for that freedom. Yes. Because God's job is only the impossible. Your job is the possible. Yes. So you're possible to to do the prayers and to staying up at night. You know, with things of that nature. So mm-hmm. people have to do the work too. But again, yes, I, I thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely you know for for literally um really really just coming on here and sharing the testimony and being bold you know i knew even i know even with that you know that was a process because in the beginning i was afraid to speak against islam like that wasn't like all of a sudden i got out and i was like okay now this is what's really going on no and like what you said you know when you leave something and you know the the mysteries and the secrets the enemy doesn't like that right the, the enemy doesn't like that, you know, because now you're a threat to the kingdom, you know, you're a threat to him. And so, like I said, I thank you. I honor you. I could talk too much. So I'm not going to hold you because I know you got to go into your prayer thing and I need to get some rest, too. But um, I, I really enjoyed you. And I'm pretty sure in the future we'll bring you back on for something else, because I know there's okay. so much more to everything that you're doing. Tell your mother I said hello. You guys. You I most definitely will. <laughs> I, I want to
1: just say thank you again. And, yes, um, ma'am. If you would allow me to close out in prayer, per adventure. Yes, any, ma'am. Anybody who may be struggling with um, perversion, uh, Lord God, we come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. Yes. Jesus. In the time of need. Lord God, we have no other name to call on because we know at your name, every knee yes, is going to bow and every tongue will yes, confess Jesus. that Jesus Christ is Lord. I pray, Lord God, yes, for ma'am. every viewer of this broadcast. Lord God, I pray for parents who are just concerned about their wayward children, Lord God, yes, who Jesus. are going off into lifestyles of Perversion and homosexuality and cross dressing, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for anyone who may be living that lifestyle, who may run across this broadcast, Lord God, that the, yes, the shackles and the chains and the shame and the condemnation and the guilt, Lord God, would be broken off of their mind, Lord God, in the, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we dispatch angels with a warrant for their yes, arrest, Lord. Lord God, that they would have no rest and no peace until they surrender to the bishop yes, of their Jesus. soul. You are Alpha and Omega, Lord God. You're the beginning and yes, the end. You are the first and the last, and you know the thoughts yes, that you have toward us. They are good and not evil, saith the Lord. I pray, yes, Lord God, God, that this broadcast would be a blessing to many, Lord God, as In it goes on social media streams and YouTube and Facebook, Lord God, that yes, people, Jesus. Lord God, would have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, Lord God, that many would seek out deliverance, Lord God, that they would humble themselves yes, and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I continue to Jesus. pray uh, for, for uh, Evangelist Camisha, Lord God, that you would just continue, Lord God, to use her as your vessel, Lord God. In the name she of would Jesus. continue to do great exploits in the kingdom, Lord God, in the that name you, of Lord Jesus. God, would watch over us Lord God during this pandemic that no sickness or no plague will come nigh our dwelling in the mighty Max's name of Jesus we ask that whatever we put our hands to will prosper and wherever our feet chariot will possess the land give us all the fortitude and capability to pursue and to overtake in Jesus name I pray in Jesus name
0: Amen, 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 amen. Thank you Thank so you. much again. So much again, beautiful. And you guys were just tuned into the Dope Girl Spray podcast for Testimony Tuesdays. So and we'll see you again next time. Bye.